The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Zion Christian Academy, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Coach's Corner, Fast Stop Convenience Stores, Lee Company, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Here's Mo and Chris. That was the the wrong intro, but that's okay. I meant to do high school sports and beyond because we're going to talk. We're, we're going beyond, yeah. As uh, as our friend, uh, oh, what's his name? Leon Bridges. Uh, I was going to say to infinity and beyond. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear, not Captain Underpants. There's a Captain Underpants <laughs> book in here. For Y'all. some reason. And I'm just going to be honest with you. It was donated by Daryl and Pam Lewis in October of 2018 so to the Barfield Elementary School. So this is a library book that did not get returned. This is a library book that did not get returned uh, to good. Barfield oh Elementary School. So I'm sure somebody. Oh, somebody got found. <laughs> somebody done that. I bet, there's some, I bet there's somebody that did not get their report card because of this. They book. get their report card. They get their their kindergarten graduation. If you can see on Facebook, this is our Captain Ann Underpants book that we have. Have adopted. We've adopted it here. It's, uh, it's the, the Adventures. First. Yep. So the first one. The first epic novel. Epic novel. I can't novel. tell you how many times when I was in elementary school I checked out those that series. Like, is it, it? It got to the point where the librarian had to tell me that I couldn't check it out because I had done it like too many times and nobody else was getting time with the books. Gotcha. So. You were monopolizing the book. Oh yeah, <laughs> the, the Captain Underpants series. Wow, that's hilarious. That is pretty hilarious. Oh man, uh, <laughs> Lawson coming in with the the, <laughs> the humor this morning. Uh, glad to have you with us on WKOM one hundred one seven FM Front Porch Sports Headquarters, also down in. Franklin County at 94.5, the Eagle WZYX, as we come to you from the Mobile Lee Company studio on location here at Lady Warrior Field on the campus of Riverdale High School in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, as we are preparing to watch the All-Star uh, Miss uh, All-Star softball games between, this one will be uh, Middle and West, is that correct, Middle and East? Middle and East. I don't know. You had a 50-50 I did. I did. One of the two. One of the two. We knew Middle was playing because we we know some of those girls. But, uh, man, it's going to be a a lot of fun. So um, we'll try to keep you updated as we are on the air throughout the uh, second hour after they start. But, Mo, you you, you put something on our run of show this morning that uh, I thought was pretty neat. It is. Um. So I got a text late last night, speaking of phone calls and communications from Kalioka. Um, Vince Springer, the baseball coach out at Kalioka, informed me that his nephew, Hayden Springer, will be teeing off in a little over an hour at Torrey Pines. Oh, okay. You know what else you know. is going on at Torrey Pines <laughs> this week? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, um... Hayden Springer tees off at again at 10:57 in the U.S. in the opening round of the U.S. Open. Um, Hayden is the son of Vince's older brother, Neeland Springer. Who, who would name their kid Neeland? Well, well, in this state, say, go figure, huh? Somebody like who would also Peyton. name Vince for Vince Lombardi. That makes sense. Their dad Pete was a huge football fan. A little obviously. bit. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay, full disclosure, my second oldest niece's name is Peyton Eli. Niece, not nephew, niece. Well, to take it a little further, 
I, I've told you, Jody, my girlfriend is from Wisconsin. She has a niece named Reggie. There you go. Hey, that, <laughs> that's all full circle here. Yeah, uh, yeah. My we're here for that. My baby cousin is actually named Jordan after Jordan Tutu. Oh the wow! Predators. <laughs> She's uh, a just when I was getting ready to say for Michael, no, no, okay, no. okay. No, Hayden. Um, he's a Dallas native. Played his college golf first at Texas Tech and then at TCU. Won a um, Big 12 championship as a senior at TCU. Um, qualified for the Open at the Dallas Qualifier. He has, this will be his fifth PGA event. He's yet to make a cut in the previous four. So, you know, it's, it's that it's overnight tough, success thing, man. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there trying to make it for all of those that you see I, I don't, there's at, at, at least that many more, you know, trying to get there, grinding at it. Lawson, I hate to be this guy, but I got to be this guy. This is not a PGA event. This is a USGA event. The U.S. Open is a U.S. Golf Association event. Um, well, and that's what happens when you get out <laughs> over your skis a little bit. Because uh, the only reason that that's – one, I know that because I actually um, – when I was one of the stories that I used to send with my resume and clips was a story that I wrote about a couple who they're the the, the marshals that they hold the sign the quiet sign up so quiet, yeah they've been to like seven or eight US opens and so in the story I you know I obviously I wrote USGA US Golf Association all that sort of stuff and and they're really like particular about that they get really upset and and for good reason i mean if you're not a pga event and you want your branding on it it makes sense but that's the only reason i know that i, I don't watch golf enough to really know that but you know it is what well, it that's is. okay because you know we want to put correct information out we do. there and it would help when you know what you're talking about <laughs> anyway um Hayden Springer, again, tees off in about an hour at the non-PGA event, U.S. <laughs> Open. Um, he, and, and the personal side of this is that he and, he and his wife, Emma, have a newborn daughter, Sage, mm. who is dealing with a genetic disorder, trisomy 18. I'm not real familiar with it, but she has undergone open-heart surgery since... Oh, wow. Since her birth, and so, you know, for him to be able to get a foothold in his professional career, I'm sure would be huge for him and his family, but I'm sure that that also kind of helps him keep things in perspective. So, who? Well, I guess we're going to struggle mm. to see mm. uh, the pitching and catching. Well, we, yeah, interesting development. <laughs> Here in the press box at Lady Warrior Field, as um, I have an idea to deal with that, at least okay. for that camera. Okay. Well, anyway, it'll help the camera. Uh, yeah, that's a whole lot of good. But yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, yeah, that's um. So who, who was it? We, we were if, talking. If if you don't have anybody to root for in the non-PGA U.S. Open, you can keep an eye on Hayden Springer and and hope that he gets through and gets into Saturday's play. We were talking uh, during the Masters about there was one player who had just had a baby. Was it John Rom? It may have been John Rom, and uh, and if that's the case, then that dude's had a year. Right. So I'm just saying, sometimes it, it can motivate you in extra ways. Sure. And then you add the addition, additional of. Of this, yeah. To you know, of the the genetic disease to that, you no. know. I mean, it could be crazy. Certainly, be rooting for him. Hope he does well. No question, no question. Uh, we may get a national anthem here in a minute, and if so, we we will we will try to make sure that we stop stop before said national anthem. Uh, we may ask them to hold off until nine o'clock on the dot, but. Nonetheless, um, we do have a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to talk about in this next hour. We are going to talk to Joe Rexford about the College World Series, and I want to ask you. Uh, we we've seen some stories about how important this is to the state of Tennessee, and we've 
we've talked about how important this is to the state of Tennessee, and I think it's going to make such a difference for, like you said, baseball in Middle Tennessee, high school has kind of elevated the college rather than college elevating high school, but this is still going to help kids want to stay in state. Oh, absolutely. I think, um, I think both Tony Vitello and Tim Corbin have done a great job. Again, as you look at their rosters and you see the number of Tennessee products that they've got in those programs already, I think this only adds to that. Uh, I think that the talent level of high school baseball in this state has, has really increased exponentially over the last 10 years or more. I, I think Vanderbilt probably had something to do with that. I don't know. It's kind of, it's almost a chicken egg thing, I think. I'm not sure if Vanderbilt's improvement helped the high schools. I'm not sure if the high schools helped Vanderbilt and Tennessee, but I mean, it's certainly, there's, I think they're feeding off each it's other. All, it's all happened at the same time. I think they're feeding off of each other. And, and Tim Corbin made a great comment yesterday someone asked him about UT and the situation there and, and its impact. And, and he, he spoke to that. It's going to have a great effect on from the youth league and the youth, you know, from the young ages all the way up because kids are going to see this weekend on successive days. They're going to see Vanderbilt and they're going to see Tennessee on the biggest stage in college baseball. And, you know, Somebody's going to say, you know, I want to be a part of that. You know, some seven-year-old, some ten-year-old, and, and they're actually going to, you know, do the things that it takes to bring it to fruition, you know. and Or, or even if they don't make it to, you know, the SEC, it's going to drive them to put themselves in position to play at the collegiate level. And at this point, we probably need to um, – mention and congratulate Brian Baranek yes. from Columbia Academy who um, via social media last night announced that he has committed to Middle Tennessee State. Um, I'll be interested to see where he's going to play, whether he's going to pitch or hit, but um, huge. That's huge for him, I think. <laughs> a, a Division One commitment there. Um, an MTSU program that, that Jim Toman is taken steps with. They made the Conference USA tournament. They actually um, defeated top seed Charlotte in the opening round of that tournament a few weeks ago. So um, the middle Tennessee flavor on that team. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, the, yeah, you've got, um, you know, he's a commitment as a, he's a rising senior this year, but you've got um, Jaden Ham, you've got Bryce Simler, you've got um, Br Briggs Rudder, You've got Bryson Thomas, all from Murray County over there. I mean, my um, goodness. You've got the you've got the pitcher from Page, mm -hmm. Peyton Wigginton. Um, one of their best pitchers, I think, was Aaron Brown from from Mount Juliet. So I mean, they've they've got a lot of local kids as as well. They should. Oh yeah, no so, doubt, no doubt. It's awesome Speaking for of them. Peyton Wigginton, I actually went to uh, elementary school with him. Look at you. Really? Yeah. Where at? Right there across the street? Oakview. Okay. At least if it's the Peyton Wigington, I think it I'm is. I'm sure. I can't imagine there. I can't imagine there being multiple <laughs> Peyton Wiggington's. Uh, yeah. So. That's right. All right. We're going to continue talking about uh, College World Series and more as we get ready for uh, play that begins on Saturday. So that should be fun. We're going to talk to Joe Rexroad on the other side of the top of the hour, so stick around. We have a lot to talk about with him. We will also talk about the Braves. We'll talk about John Calipari. Uh, we'll talk about Herm Edwards and his Arizona State football program. Uh, the National Sounds, we'll talk a little bit about that. And a little NBA, prop, maybe. I mean, plenty to talk about there with a couple of injuries slash uh, medical issues. So. Lots of stuff going on, man. It's going to be a lot of fun to uh, to get to. So, again, stick around on the other side of the top of the hour. 
as we get ready for hour number two of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today here as we come to you live from the Lady Warrior Field, the Mobile Lee Company studio uh, in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, WKOM, WZYX. We'll be right back right after this. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company. Call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com of sexual abuse and cover-up. On the final day of the SBC's annual meeting at the Music City Center yesterday, delegates voted to create a task force to lead an investigation. That task force will be appointed by newly elected President Ed Litton. Leaked letters written by the former president of the SBC's Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission alleged Convention Executive Committee mishandled sexual abuse claims and mistreated victims. The Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency is reporting there's evidence of alligators and cougars expanding their territories into the state. Reporters in the TWRA Tennessee Hunting and Fishing Trapping Guide. The TWRA says species expanding their ranges in the state are protected and can't be killed until a hunting season is established. The guide lists alligators, cougars, hawks, owls, songbirds, endangered species, and any other species for which a season has not been set as protected. Your front porch forecast. Mostly sunny, 88 today. Mostly clear, 66 tonight. And sunny and 91 tomorrow. So don't forget your sunscreen, your sunglasses, and drink plenty of water. I'm Ron Jordan. You're up to date. And this is Front Porch Radio News. This summer, take a trip to where it's hot, hot, hot and find yourself on white hot sands beneath a flaming hot sun enjoying a blazing hot summer. Or if that's not an option, take the white hot, blazing hot, or flaming hot fun of summer wherever summer takes you with new June Instant Games only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Cash could do you right, quick cash could do you right. You could win some cash in an instant, you could win it later that night. Fun now, fun later, add quick cash to a drawing game. Like Lotto America, Cash for Life, and even Tennessee Cash, add quick cash to any of them, and you can win cash in the flash. Today's the day to play quick cash from the Tennessee Lottery. It's game changing fun, ooh. Now please play responsibly. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joy coming to you from the Mobile League Company studio here at Lady Warrior Field in Murfreesboro, Tennessee on the campus of Riverdale High School. Happy to have you with us on the Front Porch Sports Headquarter. WKOM 1017 FM and 94.5 The Eagle down in Franklin County covering high school sports uh, for the Rebs and for uh, the Huntland Hornets. Hornets and all of the, the great folks down there in uh, Deckard and Estel Springs. Estel Springs. We don't get too schooled up. I know you're from Alabama. You don't know all of that, but yeah, we, we, we're gonna get you taken care of. I definitely wanted to uh, get that Estel Springs in there. We were talking about it the other day. Yeah, we, so. we've missed them in some of our roll calls. So yeah, 
All right, we, I believe we've got uh, Joe on the phone, so uh, let's uh, let's go to the Parks Motor Sales Hotline where we talk to Joe Rexroad of the Athletic. Joe, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Sorry about that. Oh no, you're all good. All good. Hey, uh, nothing like a little little adrenaline jolt there a little little scare as to whether we're going to get a guest on or not you know how that works in your um, morning gig oh very, oh, very much so yes <laughs> <laughs> gotta be ready to pivot gotta be uh, ready to pivot and jump. no question hey we really appreciate you joining us i know that you are um kind of in travel mode as we are getting ready for the national anthem here at this um Tennessee Softball Coaches Association's All-Star Game here at Riverdale. and um, So we're going to ask you a question and ask you to talk for about two and a half minutes. Can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can filibuster. <laughs> oh, I, I bet you can. Hey, um, so you had a lot of coverage over the weekend, and rightfully so, regarding Vanderbilt and Tennessee as they, um, quote, punched their tickets to Omaha. And, Joe, I know you've been here maybe – what five years now? How long have you been here? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, li- uh, yep, five years uh, in April. So I'm into my sixth year. I've been here considerably longer. I never, <laughs> I never would have imagined seeing Vanderbilt and Tennessee in Omaha in the same year, and it's it's just beyond it's it's beyond my comprehension. It really is. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I mean, look, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, Tennessee baseball is just one of those things that, like, as a as a relative newcomer, wasn't on my radar at all. I mean, I remember like Todd Helton. You know, I mean, I, here and there, you know, you remember they they've had some very good teams and 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 stretches. But uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing when you think about what Tony Vitello has done, and really when you think about, I mean, year two. They, they break a 14-year drought. Year three, what were they, 16-2 and two last year? So, I mean, and, and really, you could are you could look at last year's team and say with the pitching that they are actually were more talented mm-hmm. on paper than this year's team. So, uh, to, to get through some injuries and do this, uh, pretty special. And then, like you said, I mean, and I, I mean, there's already all this talk about Vanderbilt and Tennessee. What is what if they meet in the in the final series? I mean, I'm I'm you know I'm trying to temper everyone. Like there there are uh, you know they both have three other teams, really good teams on their side. But yeah, I mean that would be something just uh, that would be wild. Yeah, it, it would certainly be wild, but it would also be um, probably disheartening for the rest of the country if I had to guess. <laughs> but this entire state would certainly be tuning in. I think uh, you know. There are some really good teams in this tournament, including uh, some teams out west that aren't getting a lot of a lot of praise, and that's uh, Arizona and Stanford. Arizona can hit the ball, and Stanford's got a great pitching staff, so it's going to be tough to see those two teams in the finals because they they do have a tough road. Well, sure, and the thing is, yeah, I mean Arizona, that's going to be a heck of a lineup for Kumar Rocker to see, you know, in, in game one Saturday. And, you know, even, I mean, look, my, my reaction was the same as probably just about anyone when Arkansas gets stunned. You know, they, they beat NC State 21-2, and then they, you know, lose the next two games. I mean, that, that was stunning. But let's also remember, I mean, that, that has to be a pretty good team that beat them. And what a right. pitching performance by NC State in those two games. Um, and it does, it does remind me of the last time we had a College World Series when Michigan – came out of nowhere beat ucla and it's the expectation is wow okay nice story and boy that bracket sure got easier but well they just kept it rolling so i mean i think both sides you know both of these teams have very tough assignments ahead speaking on the parks motor sales hotline with joe Rixroad of the athletic and joe as you mentioned the vanderbilt side of the bracket in terms of the selection committee and seating and that kind of thing looks less strenuous. But like you said, they had to beat some people that, quote, should have been there to get there. So it's not like they are any lesser. But, you know, when you look over there on the Tennessee side and you see number two Texas and you see number seven Mississippi State and you see a former CWS champion in Virginia – 
uh, you can certainly understand where folks might think Vanderbilt, quote, has the easier road. Oh, no doubt. And I mean, ten- Tennessee side is certainly, like you said, the, the, the blue blood side, so to speak. I mean, Texas, you know, great program, great team this year. I mean, and, and everybody knows about Mississippi State. I mean, you know, they, that's just that's a that's a program you you just it's kind of like Vanderbilt. You kind of just look up and expect them to be there at the end. Um, three in a row for them. Uh, no one else can say that. And Virginia is interesting because they were bad. I mean, they were bad. Like they had a losing record you know, well into the season. It just looked like you know just one of those down years for a great program. Um, but you know, when you have a great program with that kind of uh, to use a Tim Corbin uh, term, the fibers, the winning fibers, you know, that Virginia has. And then you get rolling like this um, at the exact right time you want to get rolling. I mean, that's a that's a heck of a tough team, too. So, yeah, certainly I'd say the glamour side is, is Tennessee's for sure. Um, and it's, the Vanderbilt side is a little bit, you know, sometimes it does work out in tournaments where, you know, a team does you a favor, knocks out a team that you would have had a bigger problem with, and then you handle that team. And that, it may turn out that way. But to me, um, as you guys pointed out, I mean, Arizona and Stanford both um, are legit. And, I mean, I just – NC State is going to be really interesting. Uh, do they ride that wave, or was that was, was that them peaking, you know, in Fayetteville? Yeah, they're – that's the real big question for Vanderbilt, and I'm sure that they probably weren't necessarily expecting to have to prepare for that NC State pitching staff. Um, as Speaking of pitching staffs, obviously we know Kamar Rocker. We all know Jack Leiter. But does it help Vanderbilt because they don't have as deep of a pitching staff as maybe they have in the past that they don't have to go through the tougher side of the bracket? Um, yeah, I mean, it, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you could look at it that way potentially. Um, you know, it's one of those things, though, where, I mean, even with Rocker and Lighter, I mean, you can't, I mean, you hope, and then the way they're going to win is for them to keep performing this way. But, man, it's still a lot to ask for those. Hey, just go seven or eight, you know, and uh, dominate. <laughs> you know? No big deal. I mean, In the College yeah, World Series. Mean, yeah, exactly. But, hey, I mean, I mean. That, that is what it's going to take, right? So so if you just count that as those guys are going to be those guys, um, yeah, this side's probably better. Although, again, I, I think Arizona, of the other three, is the most dangerous. They come right out with, just look at the numbers. I mean, they have they have a very good deep lineup. Um, but that pitching depth is going to be really interesting for Vanderbilt. I mean, you know, Patrick, I mean, you got two freshmen who are, I think are both going to be really good and have good stuff and have looked like freshmen, have had their ups and downs. Um, Patrick Riley, I mean, Christian Little hasn't pitched in a long time. You know, they didn't have to uh, go to him in the Super Regional because they were just so good with those two guys and then the back end of the bullpen. But I will be really interested. I assume it would be Riley, but, I mean, I think you can make a case for Little to, uh, you know, be the next guy in the rotation. Either way, I think both of them are, you know, potential, you know, long-relief guys, McIlvain. And uh, it, it was great for Vanderbilt, I think, to – you know, for Maldonado and Murphy to perform like they did in the Super. Now, can Hugh Fisher, Ethan Smith, Ethan Smith has, you know, like COVID and injuries and stuff like that. I mean, if, if they get, if everything breaks right with health and performance, then I think they've got what you need. But there are a lot of questions um, in that group of players about just how, how much Vanderbilt can get out of them. You know, Mo, you were talking about, uh, speaking of long layoffs, how Blade Tidwell, who is typically the Sunday starter for Tennessee, is he he threw, he threw game two, so their their number two guy hasn't thrown in God knows how long. In a minute, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Joe Rexroad of the Athletic talking College World Series, and before we get into Blade Tidwell, I, I want to go back, Joe. The way TD Ameritrade plays, um. Offenses are going to probably be behind the eight ball a little bit more, I think. I don't think the ball is going to fly out of there. I don't think UT is going to go in and hit six home runs in a game like they did on Sunday. But uh, does that not play more to pitching staffs and their strengths? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, like you said, I mean, I, you know, Tony Vitello, one thing he said about his staff when he's recruiting pitchers is, like, one thing you really have to have is toughness because you are going to give up some mid-range fly balls that leave the yard there, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, you can – you can do the job correctly, and <laughs> it, it can still fly out. You got to be able to, you know, it's like a like a cornerback or something in football. You know, you get burned, and you just have to just wipe the slate clean and get get line up for the next play. Um, so it's, uh, it's like for Tennessee, I'm sure the, the pitchers are a little bit excited to, to be in a, a big park like this that plays that way. That usually the ball stays in uh, more than a lot of places. Um, and you know that'll be interesting from a from a lineup perspective for Tennessee. I mean, you know, you still got like Jake Rucker. What he led the SEC in doubles, I think, right? I mean, I mean, he, he you know they still have guys who are going to spray the ball over the field and and uh, you know give you opportunities to score runs. But certainly they've relied a ton on the long ball, so that'll be interesting to see how that affects them. Yeah, again, UT throws freshman Blade Tidwell out there in a game with Omaha on the line. I- in a three-game series throughout the Southeastern Conference schedule, you've not seen him until the third game. He comes in in game two on Sunday. Gives you seven strong. I mean, gives up seven hits. Gives up, like you said, <laughs> made some good pitches and, and got no result or not a good result out of him. Gave up six runs all earned. But they yeah. got the win. And at that point, you know, that's the only thing that mattered. He improved to 10-3 and three with that performance. Um Going to be a little bit more comfortable, like you said. But, you know, to see a freshman come through in that situation, it's got to be another confidence boost for Vitello and that coaching staff and that team, I would think. Oh, huge. Because, you know, that, I mean, Dallas has been great uh, this year. And, and Heflin has been a revelation. I mean, a guy who has never really had a chance to – being a rotation, I just think that, you know, that soft tossing lefty is just such a nice change of pace if, if you can get a guy who attacks the strike zone and changes speed, and, and, and he's just been terrific. But Tidwell's got the best stuff. I mean, and so I, I earlier this week I sort of made the comparison, again, very cautiously, but it's a little bit, a little bit like Vanderbilt with Rocker as a freshman. Um Knowing that again, not not nearly what it was. He had just thrown a freaking unbelievable, you know, no hitter to avoid elimination. But but having that freshman who has kind of grown up through the year, and now he's going to Omaha, and you're like, yeah, this is this is the guy with the stuff. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Vitello does there with all that. But I think that's a big confidence boost because yeah, look, I thought he pitched great against LSU and. I think probably a couple of those balls are, uh, you know, warning track shots in Omaha. Right. And and I think um, if he if his senior year at Loretto is not in the middle of a pandemic, I'm not sure Blade Tidwell gets to Knoxville. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, mean and I, think, I think now he's going to be high when, you know, he'll be prominent when he does go. Yeah. C- considering what, you know, what we know about Ryan Weathers. <laughs> yeah. Who knows yeah. if he ever uh, clear, got there. Clearly people know what's going on down there in Loretto. Um, speaking, on, <laughs> speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Joe Rexrode of The Athletic, um, getting caught up on College World Series. Again, Vanderbilt plays in the 6 o'clock game on Saturday against NC State. NC State. Tennessee plays in the 1 o'clock game on Sunday against Virginia. Um, we'll be watching, Joe. Um, I'm sure you'll be watching as well from parts unknown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. the Omaha, um, we'll see if the final series happens. That's what I did two years ago with Vanderbilt, went up the final series. But, yeah, they've sort of an interesting situation in Omaha. It's like, uh, I mean, it's awesome that they're going to have a full stadium, but they, the media policies are like, like nothing has changed, which is very weird. They basically sent out an email like, "Do not come cover this event. It'll be on Zoom." So, um, so I think that deterred some people. But you know, the we got a couple people who live in it, Nebraska, which is a good thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to checking out. It's going to be going to be a heck of a week. Yeah, it, no stand ups. You can't do stand ups anywhere in in the stadium. It's it's an abs. You're exactly right. That's what they did. They sent out an email to the media and said, "Don't come here. Don't come." 
Unbelievable. <laughs> it's weird. It's, it yeah. is the weirdest thing. You, but you can come watch, just don't come cover. Don't don't talk <laughs> yeah. into a microphone. Yeah, right. yeah. Damn media. Yeah, we wouldn't want this to be covered or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's only the yeah. biggest event in in college baseball. In college baseball, yeah. no big deal. Wow. Oh, Joe, man. We really appreciate you coming in, coming on, taking some time with us today. And uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to get to talk to you and talk a little whatever's going on. That that's the cool thing about Joe. He's kind of like uh, Lawson's mom, Teresa. He he's a you know, he's got a little bit about everything, and we can talk to him about anything. Absolutely. It's pretty great. We appreciate it, man. Well, it, it's always great being with you guys. Yeah, you know, uh, Jack, both great master son kind of thing. You know, uh, I, I, I dabble in a lot of things. So <laughs> it has its but, value, no. man. It really does. That's right. Hey, we That's appreciate right. it. All right, thanks, guys. All, All right, take care. Bye. That was Joe Rexford on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. And folks, I need to tell you what just happened because holy crap. Lauren Miller out of Forest just hit a line drive over the left field fence. And when I tell you, I don't, the launch angle might have been four degrees. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I think she hit it just up enough to clear the fence. Barely. But it, was, it was a tracer. It was a no doubter. It was out of here so fast. I mean, that, that may have been a faster than I'm, she could get to first base. I don't think she was at first base when it went up. She just hit a monster shot. Holy yeah, cow. So Middle Tennessee just took a one nothing lead in the bottom of the first over the East Tennessee Stars with that Lauren Miller solo shot down the left field line. And we also got that on video on our – Stream. Oh, you're right. We did get it on our stream. Exactly. Oh, so she's going to love that. Another reason why you should be watching us on Facebook, Twitter. That's right. So you can see some this live guy. baseball action. Check out softball in, action. Check out in turn two over here. I will tell you, it would have been a two-run shot, but uh, mm. the, the leadoff batter, um, Abby Shoulders, out of Macon County, she tried to take second on a, a ball that bounced off the catcher's glove. She was initially safe, but she slid off the bag and, and was that tagged been, out. And that might have been a situation where the turf came into play. Yep. You don't because know how to slide here. if you've not played here. on this stuff, I can tell you, I, um, I took a summer league team down to Rose Park um, where Belmont plays their baseball games, and that was one of the biggest adjustments is sliding on this stuff if you've never slid on it before. Yeah, there's no question. It's yeah. a, that, that was, wow. We were planning on taking a break there, but my goodness, I could not tell you about that home run. That was fantastic. Yes, if you were watching on, hey, hey uh, and matter of fact, uh, Lawson, don't go to our sponsor tab. Just uh, just leave this supposed, up gotcha. for, for us to, during the uh, break. So we are going to take a break. When we come back, we've got Braves and Sounds on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. So stick around right after this. If you've listened to this show at all, you know Chris and I are always up for a good meal. Located off Port Royal Road, Coach's Corner is the only locally owned and operated sports bar in Spring Hill. Bringing you the best sports bar atmosphere and food possible, make sure to check out their inventive menu, especially their delicious burgers. Check them out at coachescornersportsgrill.com. teams you care about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back in to southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint coming to you from lady warrior field here on the campus of riverdale high school in murfreesboro site of the tennessee softball coaches association's all-star games Got some local flavor uh, involved in this one, as we've we've told you. We've got uh, Forrest Lauren Mueller playing third base, who I guess she made up for that error in the first inning with <laughs> with the home run in the bottom half. Uh, in the circle is Ashley Milligan, who is also from Forrest, and of course we have Haley Jones, the first baseman for this Middle Tennessee All Star team from Summertown, and Claire Woods is also. Uh, on the team from Summertown Class A Miss Softball. So, yeah, 
lot going on here, and we're going to be here all day long. Stick around, sm-tnsports.com for coverage afterwards. We will have pictures and video, and sm underscore tn sports on Twitter and Instagram. We'll have uh, full coverage there, so stick around, and, and, and we really appreciate you guys being uh, being with us on the show. Down at 94.5, the Eagle as uh, WZYX, and then, of course, the Front Porch Sports Headquarters, WKOM 1017 FM. This is the Mobile Lee Company studio in the press box here at Riverdale. So it's nice. It is nice. This worked out really well. I want to um, extend our gratitude to Christy Bingham, the softball coach here at, at Riverdale and an assistant coach with the um, Middle Tennessee All-Star team for – making the press box available to us to um, to do today's show. It's, it's really nice. Nice it is. pickup on the short hop there by Lauren Mueller on the uh, ground ball for the out there. Um, we are efforting to get back on to – if you're watching on Facebook, you can hear us. If you are listening on the radio, you cannot. We're efforting to get back on the uh, the air here. That's uh, that's just – oh, why am I – that's because I'm on yours instead of – why am I on your phone? I don't know why you're on my phone. Get off my that phone. That doesn't make any sense. Um, now we're ba – oh, yeah, we, we are back on my MiFi, which is probably where we should be. Uh is what it is. Um, anyway, let's talk about the Braves since uh, we, we, we certainly will have some Facebook watchers and, and Twitter listeners and whatnot. So uh, Braves struggling, man. Two nights in a row they get the offense they need and the bullpen blows it. They're struggling in multiple areas, I think. Um, again, they fall. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. That's okay. much better. Jesus. Um, <laughs> for the second straight night, they lost 10-8 to eight last night. Um, went up 7-6 after a um, Freddie Freeman home run, I think, in the sixth. I don't remember. It all runs together. Um, Shane Green gives up a grand slam to make it 10-7. Uh, and he didn't load the bases, though, right? Yeah, he did. Then he didn't give up the grand Double slam. Did he not give up? No. So, whoever – somebody came in with the bases loaded, and I don't okay, remember who I it was. was really, Mentor. Mentor gave up the freaking Mentor Grand Slam. Mentor gave up the Grand Slam after Green loaded the bases because he went double, walk, pop-up, walk, and then I went to put some burgers on the grill. That was a good choice. There were, there that were, was a really good choice. There were, no per, there were no pictures. There were no villains, but there were burgers grilled. <laughs> no pictures involved. I can't yeah. believe uh, – I don't think if pictures are not involved, did you, you didn't really grill. grill? I, yeah. I think you probably picked them up from somewhere else. You didn't actually grill them. No, they we are back up. on the air, by the way, on WKWM uh, 94.5, the Eagle, uh, as we get back onto the right uh, internet here. That's fantastic. Uh, we're talking about the Braves, who are struggling in every facet of the game right now, sitting at 30 and 35. They open a series against the Cardinals today. We're 35 and 33. They're over 500. Wonder what that feels like. Uh, who knows? Couldn't tell you. Wouldn't, wouldn't know. <laughs> wouldn't know. Um, 6:20 start today. 5:05 um, pregame on our sister station, 103.7 WKRM FM. Um, if you want to watch it, it's on Bally Sports South beginning at 6:20, or you can continue to listen again on 103.7. Um, Charlie Morton getting the start for the Braves, 5-3 and three with a 4.50 ERA. John Gant, former Braves farmhand. I don't know if he ever actually got up with Atlanta or not, but he came up through the system anyway. 4-4 four and four with a 3.36 ERA. Again, um, Braves coming off of a 10-8 loss last night to Boston following a 10-8 loss on Tuesday to Boston. And... As the Braves were trying to come back in the ninth, Ronald Acuna Jr. hit an RBI double and tried to stretch it into three. And he he was asked to stretch it into three. Ron Washington was was bringing him. Okay, well, that's that's good to know. I 
Which makes what you're about to say even worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, trying to stretch a double into a triple at the behest of his third base coach. Um, he was thrown out. You know, here's the thing. If you're going to play aggressive baseball, you're not going to be successful every time because the other team is getting paid as well. That's right. They're, they're professionals. They are professionals. They're going to make plays. But I think there's a place where you try to make somebody make a play. And when you're as talented as Ronald Acuna Jr., that's one of those times. I mean, again, this is the same guy who scored from second the night before on a swinging bunt that the third baseman couldn't make the um, bare hand play on. Well, maybe that's so. why he shouldn't have went. He can score from second on an infield <laughs> single. <laughs> you don't need to be at third, Ronnie. You can score from second. <laughs> uh, yeah, but <laughs> no, that, that requires the ball to be put in play. <laughs> anyway, ap after after the game, um, Brian Snitker, as he is wont to do, <laughs> threw Acuna under the bus yet again. And – and it's been a minute. He I'm was tired due. of it. He was due. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm, I'm tired of Ronald Acuna. I'm, I'm tired of watching a young superstar get hit at the plate, nothing be done about it. Nothing be said about it either. You know, I, I'm tired of watching him make plays that other people in his uniform make and get supported for it and get trashed. And let me go back because there was apparently Dansby Swanson last month got thrown out at third, and basically the comment was, you know, the kid's trying to make a play. You can't fault him for it. And then Acuna gets thrown out at third base last night, and it's like you can't do that there down by two runs. You know, and, and I, when I say I don't know what the difference is, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you I know exactly what the difference is, and I would just hope that I'm not right. Um, I can play devil's advocate because Ronald Acuna Jr. bats in a much different position than Dansby Swanson bats, and it also wasn't the ninth inning, but... It shouldn't matter. You know what I mean? If you're going to be aggressive, sometimes those things are going to happen. Yes. And, and in a 10-8 ball game, we're sitting here talking about Ronald Acuna getting thrown out at third. We're not talking about Shane Green loading the bases with a one-run lead or A.J. Minter giving up a grand slam. We're talking about Ronald Acuna getting thrown out at third base. Exactly. I mean, and, and as we talk about this bullpen, as I mentioned to you on the way over here in the car, it, this bullpen is very talented. We've seen what they're capable of. What's the problem? Is it a lack of confidence? Is it just simply that they have, they have succumbed to the disease of losing? Losing is like a disease. <laughs> as that wacko psychiatrist said in the natural, yeah. I mean, it when is. When Hobbs got up and walked yeah. up. I mean, that, that's exactly what it feels like, is that they're just they, – they, they can't shake it. And what's crazy about it, again, as we were talking on the way over here, it's the same guys that got it done time after time after time last year. Yep, exactly. I mean, so. Mentor was lights out. Shane Green was lights out. Chris Martin could not be hit last year. And here we are, and he's, he's, he's got two losses in his last two appearances. Uh, Mentor's got a loss in his last appearance. The bullpen has lost 18 games. That's insane. Especially right, liter considering. Literally, they have gotten the decision and taken the loss. I think they are now 9-18. and 18. And as bad as our starting pitching has been, They've, they've given you a chance to win 18 times, and you couldn't hold it. Tell me about that. I mean, if the bullpen is – oh, nice. Uh, couldn't, yeah. couldn't make the – Couldn't finish the it, but nice stop by the second baseman there for the East All-Star. I'm sorry. 
for middle. the middle all-stars. Who is that? Macon County. That's the – Abby Shoulders. Shoulders, yeah. Okay. All right. My bad. Um, 9 and 18, the Braves are 30 and 35. Do the math. I know I told you there would be none, but that makes <laughs> that makes the starters, what, 21 and 17. With a winning Over record. 500. Over 500. Yeah. And you had 18 opportunities to win – more. I mean, you're you're talking about potentially having 40 wins right now. If you if you could just cut those losses in half. Yeah. If you go 18 and nine instead, instead of, of nine, 19 and eight, and nine and 18. Yeah. I mean, the, the, we're in the division lead. Right. It's it, it's insane that we are in this situation. I am pleased that it appears Frederick has gotten out of whatever slump he may or may not have been in. Um, starting with that Philadelphia game where he tied it uh, to send it to extra innings, and then he hit the uh, – I think he had the sack fly that, that tied it la uh, night before last, and then last night gives a go-ahead home run. So And Oppo. Yeah. And, and when he's, you know, career long, when he's going well, that's where he's going out is to left center. So that was nice to see. Um, Got to put some things together, though. I'm just I'm just glad that he that if we can get that top half because Ronnie's kind of gotten out of his slump, that slump that he was in for about three weeks, and then well his Freddie, back was sore. See, and but from that's carrying the team. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> yes, but I mean he was he was due to to cool off a little bit. Yeah, and then but but now you've got Ronnie and Freddie hitting well. You've got freaking Almonte by a, the way. Acuna has. An on-base streak of, like, 24 games. That's insane. When you get those guys hitting at the top of the lineup like that and you're getting some production out of guys like Almonte and Heredia and – And Contreras. And Contreras. Who, who did not play last night, Kevin Smith. Yeah, Kevin there. Smith. Played. But Contreras has been a pretty good hitter mm -hmm. all year. Uh, Ender Enciarte has hit the ball well all year. So, uh, you know, once – when you think about it, you go, man, really, it's not the lineup's fault all the time. We, 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 this is a bullpen and, issue. And I, and I think that's what the frustration is, is that there have been some teams in Atlanta over the past few years that just were not very good. That's right. And you just had to live with that. They weren't very good. This is a good ball club. There is a lot of talent on this team. They are not playing very well. And that's – Tougher to watch. Ooh, that would have been a very nice play. That would have been not. a very nice play. Um, uh, we need we need to take a quick break, uh, but before we do that, we need to tell you that the sounds are in Gwinnett. Speaking of, uh, and have lost two in a row now after sweeping the Stripers in the home series. They've they've gone down to uh, Lawrenceburg, Lawrenceville. Lawrenceville, Lawrenceville. Lawrenceburg. I, I knew what I was thinking, but <laughs> yeah. they went to Lawrenceville and, and, and lost two in a row, including last night, nine to three. That is their fourth consecutive loss. And uh, they've, they've since that streak was broken, it's it's not been great for the sounds. It's not been great. Um, and before we hit the break, one last thing. Um, this can, day I in do the, can I do this? I don't the, know. Can this you? day in Braves history? I mean, it's kind of it, it's 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 kind of most thing. I know. All right. This day in Braves history on June 17th, 1956, Fred Haney, who is named the day before to replace Charlie Grimm as the manager, wins his first two games in his managerial debut with the Braves and when the team swept a doubleheader against the Dodgers at Ebbets Field with a score of 5-4 to four and 3-1, to one, which started a streak of 11 consecutive victories. However, the club's former coach would compile a 341 and 231 record, guiding Milwaukee to two pennants and a world championship during his four seasons at the helm. So basically what that tells you is... It worked out for both of them? Well, maybe. Kind of. A little bit more for Milwaukee, but... No, no, this, no, this is this, that was all Milwaukee Fred Braves that did that. Oh. The Milwaukee, yeah, the Milwaukee Braves. That was before your time. But what that tells you is maybe the Braves need to make a. I was just about change. to say that. I was like, hmm. I couldn't see the second can, part. Can we get history to repeat itself? Yeah, there we go. There's at least one coach who doesn't need to be there anymore. 
they're going to have to do something off the field. Uh, I, just from an energy standpoint, as much as anything, I think. Exactly right. All right, we're going to take a break. We got to, we're going to talk a little bit of John Calipari, uh, maybe some NBA, including John Calipari. And um, we'll also get into the Herm Edwards Arizona State situation. So stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back right after this. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into the show, Sports Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Shades of the illustrious potent. I, I, was, I was actually, uh, I was thinking the sports talk show you've always wanted. Um, Happy to have you as we I'm, come I'm to you. I'm just glad it's JP saying that and not us because it would really sound egotistical. It's like. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, hey, and I won't argue with him saying it, though. I mean, it's the one that I always wanted because. <laughs> Same. I mean. <laughs> it's on. the teams you want. Yeah, the ones we care about. Hey, you know, we are in the, the Mobile Lee Company studio here on the campus of Riverdale High School at Lady Warrior Field for the TSCA softball all-star game and i just have to mention that the guy behind the plate the umpire behind the plate is fantastic i i am certainly one to uh give officials grief when they do things they shouldn't do no not necessarily you not necessarily and now, now i'm a, a judgment calls or judgment calls i will never argue about a judgment call i may say i think he's wrong but i'm not going to get angry about it but when you throw a kid out in the first inning of a summer league softball or summer league baseball game, then we're going to have a problem. If you're blatantly giving one kid uh, a certain area of the plate and the other kid is not getting it, I'm going to get I'm going to get you. If the if if a player three consecutive consecutive times hits the ball with their foot entirely out of the batter's box. And I've told you twice calmly, the third time, I'm going to get you. <laughs> this guy, however, that's not a problem. He's one of the best umpires that I've seen. I've seen him. At, he's been at Summit a bunch. Uh, saw him, you know, calling a bunch of AAA games. He was at the state tournament because he is so good. Probably one of the best umpires in this state. So I just wanted to give him a shout out. I wish I knew his name, but I don't. Uh, but he is fantastic, and uh, wanted that's to your homework assignment. Find out his name because I imagine these guys will be here all, all day. day. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's your homework assignment. All tomorrow, right. Tomorrow when we're back on the air, we'll, we'll give him a you shout can out. Fully give him his props. his his just due. Exactly. All right. Um, let's talk a little bit, Mo, about the NBA because couple of things yesterday one cp3 for phoenix is uh sent into covid protocol covid protocol due to is, is his mic on yeah he hey it is a little closer there buddy yeah well uh, <laughs> it's, been work, Mo. it's been working out the whole time i haven't changed it, anything it, it got a little faint just there. messing with you yeah mm -hmm. um covid protocol and uh, health and safety protocol is what they're calling it because he may or may not have tested positive for covid i don't know if there has been a a definitive 
answer on whether or not he tested positive or had just been in contact with someone who did. Nonetheless, it could be detrimental for the Suns as <laughs> he's out indefinitely. As he, yeah, he's metal, you although, think? Although I did see a report that said that um, players who had been uh, vaccinated have a shorter period of time in that protocol. And we don't know whether or not he's been vaccinated. No, which, we don't. Which adds to the drama. It's, it's, it's yeah, drama. The, the good thing is the other series between the Clippers and the Jazz is what, 2-2? Two to two? No, it's 3-2 three three now three with the Clippers. Now. Okay, so... So the Suns are hoping that goes seven. That was no question they are. They're hoping it goes as long as it possibly can. And and it could go seven because the Clippers lead 3-2, but Kawhi Leonard has a knee injury, and he's Potentially out. an ACL. So needless to say, he's not playing. Out. He's not playing at this and point. And the Jazz and are the one seed. So, But they lead. But, but the they, Clippers lead 3-2. The Clippers won last night. So without Kyle without Leonard. Kawhi. So, so, okay. So, interesting stuff in the West. Interesting stuff in the East as the Hawks overcame a 26-point deficit to beat Philadelphia. That, that was in Philadelphia, home. right? Yeah, it was in Philadelphia. That's insane. But How they out Atlanta at Atlanta. The Sixers. How do you become the Atlanta <laughs> by Atlanta? Uh, <laughs> right. Of all, yeah, of all teams. Yeah. And, and, and I think – Chris, you and I kind of discussed this in text messages back and forth last night. It's almost like only one Atlanta team can enjoy success at a time. That's correct. So it's the Hawks having their success perhaps at the expense of the Braves. That is what it appears. And, and really and truly, I'm not sure if I enjoy that. Or not. I, I, I don't <laughs> I'd, know if I'd I signed up for that trade-off. <laughs> yeah, no, I did not. I did yeah. not sign up for this. Yeah. So uh, they did not run that by me. <laughs> we would not have chosen that. Maybe they only asked people in the 404. I don't that know. could be it. Could be it. Lawson, you mentioned yesterday that Stan Van Gundy is out down in New Orleans. Also announced yesterday was D.C. coach – Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks is also out, so that leaves two coaching openings. At least. At three coaching openings. Uh, Boston is also still open. Time for the coach carousel. Well, it is. And Could John Calipari be a part of that? Jump on it. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Uh, he said yesterday that he would be open to NBA offers because of the, quote, uh, un or lofty expectations – or unreasonable expectations. I can't remember exactly what he expectations. said. Expectations. But the the high expectations of Kentucky oh, basketball. I got it. I got it. That. So so John Calipari said he would be open to which members of the Big Blue Mist said so would we. <laughs> <laughs> BBN was like, hey, we 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 ain't we we not gonna stop you. Holla. <laughs> I think John. I can see John Calipari in in New Orleans with Zion. I can see it. Do you, would it be beneficial for Zion? I think so. John knows how to deal with it. See, and that's the thing about Calipari oh. is he understands how to deal with, with with players who are professional caliber and uh, just kind of letting them do their thing. That's kind of what he did, you know, with Cousins and Wall and all of those. And AD and. and yeah, all of those great players he had, the, and the on, one and done. And on, and on. All yeah. those one and done. So he understands how to deal with those players. I think he would probably have a better go around in if he were to come back to the NBA this year or next year well, uh, than he did with the New Jersey Nets because, well, the New Jersey Nets were the New Jersey Nets. Well, and I think what happens a lot of times as well is, I mean, I'd hesitate to make this comparison, but it's almost obvious. I mean, whenever you talk about a guy that had little to no success in their first coaching venture and then takes off in their second coaching venture. I mean, you have to look to Foxborough and Bill Belichick. I mean, maybe yep. maybe Calipari learns from his experience with the Wait a minute. He coached did he coach Philadelphia as well? I don't remember where all he coached. But I know he, I think he I had he two NBA. Hmm? Or wait, we're talking about uh, Belichick? Calipari. No, uh, Calipari. Never mind. I thought you said Belichick, so my I head, did. My head I was. Did. On I was it. talking about him going from the Browns to the Patriots. But. He was. A, he was an assistant with the 76ers for a okay, year. Okay, so he wasn't. Okay, all right. So that's where he came to Memphis from. Um, 
I remember, <laughs> I remember talking to him at the state tournament over at Murphy Center when he was with Memphis. I guess it was his first year, and he was there recruiting. So, huh. Yeah. Well, speaking of recruiting, <laughs> if John Calipari goes to the NBA, I think he would have a better, uh, a, a better shot this time around. Now. I think that's a fair assessment. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. uh, we have about four minutes, three and a half minutes left, so we need to talk about Arizona State because they are being accused of some recruiting violations, and Herm Edwards is directly implicated in uh, the last that I've seen. So, I mean. Mr. Don't Press Send, maybe he shouldn't have. Well, I mean, you know how Herm feels, right? We all know how Herm feels. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. <laughs> you recruit to win to, the game. To win the game. <laughs> it's like that old saying, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Exactly. McDonald's bags and all. Just don't get caught. Like, apparently. Uh, they have. McDonald's and Arizona State. Well, and, and apparently what has happened is – I read um, a, an article on Yahoo Sports. I think it was Pete Thamel. Thamel? How do you pronounce that? Anyway, T-H-A-M-E-L. I want to give him his props. I'm sorry I don't know how to pronounce his name. But there was an in-depth article on this on Yahoo Sports yesterday. And apparently the coaching staff at Arizona kind of got split into two factions, those that wanted to do things by the rules and those that didn't. And <laughs> – Looks like the, those, those the, that didn't took over. The, yeah, and those that did wound up getting gone, and there were so many of them that folks have no clue who it is that turned Arizona State into the NCAA. That's but something there right is there. Quite, there. There's quite a dossier, apparently, that has been forwarded. Um, apparently, coaches are, like, lining up to talk to NCAA investigators. Oh, we'd love to talk to you about this. But why? Like, what – Anyway. Just because that staff and apparently Antonio Pierce, the former New York Giants player, played a big role in some of the skirting slash flaunting of rules, really alienated a bunch of folks. Gotcha. So, yeah. Man, he was doing such a good job there, too. I guess now we know why. I think they were 17 and 13. Yeah, I mean, I think he was in – he was certainly in – a uh, in the positive direction. So much better than Arizona and, and Kevin, Kevin Sumlin, who were arrived at the same time. Yeah. There you go. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. This is uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day. We're actually going to keep Facebook live. We're going to let this base or this softball game show on Facebook. So if you want to watch it, stick around on Facebook. We will uh, definitely allow you to do that. Um, this is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. And that is a play right there. Missed the tag. Ooh, she didn't. She missed the plate. Oh, we oh, got a no. safe call. She, anyway. She missed the plate. That's, that's, gonna, why, that's why I delayed it. That's going to do it uh, for today's show. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Come back tomorrow if you missed any part of today's show, sm-tnsports.com. Podcast will be there. We'll see you tomorrow for Lawson Smith and Mo Patton. I'm Chris Yow saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. Cool